0: To Life in a Backpack, where we talk about minimalism, traveling the world, and working online. Today, I wanted to talk about the rather broad topic of minimalism as it relates to clothing, and specifically some of the kind of decluttering methods that have become popular with the rise of minimalism. I've tried a few of these myself, and I wanted to talk about the specific ones I tried, and kind of go over some of my own personal experiences with their pros and cons, and which ones didn't really work for me and which ones did. And then talk about kind of where I am now and kind of the in-between that I've settled on in terms of which clothes to keep and kind of my method for keeping my closet neat and trim and why that's the method that I've kind of landed on. So the three methods in particular that I've kind of dabbled in and that I want to talk about today are the KonMari method, the capsule wardrobe, and the personal uniform. And while I think there's a lot of different types of decluttering and methods for decluttering clothes that have become popular over recent years, I think these are the three that kind of stand out and have really gained kind of a following on their own. And there's a lot of people who swear by each of these. And they're also ones that I have personal experience with and have kind of tried out myself and either liked and taken some elements out of or have kind of rejected outright. If you only want to hear about one of these three things, I will be covering them in that order. So first KonMari, then capsule wardrobe, and then personal uniforms. You're welcome to skip ahead. And then at the end, um, we'll also kind of do a comparative of all three. So first on the KonMari method, The KonMari method, I think, is something that is rather unintuitive in terms of being a concept that's related to minimalism and is by far the biggest outlier in terms of the different methodologies that surround minimalism that people tend to adopt. And the reason for that is because it's a very stuff-positive, very possession-positive type of method as opposed to a lot of other methods within minimalism for getting rid of your stuff for decluttering and so on, which are very much like, you know what, it's just stuff. It's not that important. It doesn't get you happiness or anything like that. The KonMari method really promotes this idea of valuing your possessions and having gratitude for your possessions and so on. So if you're not familiar with the KonMari method logistically, the KonMari method is kind of characterized by a few things so it essentially says that you should go through your stuff and that you should take every item and hold it in your hand for a second kind of feel it out think about it and see whether it sparks joy with the idea being that you shouldn't keep anything that doesn't spark joy for you that you don't get pleasure out of owning and if it doesn't spark joy for you then you should be prepared to essentially let that item go and thank it for its service to you Uh, which is actually part of the method. And then you should get rid of that item and then only keep the items that spark joy. And a key component of this is that once you're actually done decluttering, you should be taking a lot of care of these items and you should be regularly thanking them for their service, so to speak. And you should put a lot of care into maintaining them and organizing them and so on. So for example, you should be taking your clothes and organizing them by category and there's a particular way that she has in her book to fold the items and then you should store them in a particular way and so on and so yeah like this is very heavy on Expressing gratitude to your, to your objects, to the things that you have, and very kind of possession-centric, like focusing on the things that you do have and why you value them so much and placing a lot of value on those things beyond just their utility, like also kind of like the joy and pleasure and value that they give you as an individual. And then kind of another element to KonMari is that it's very aspirational. So one thing that Marie Kondo, who is, is responsible for creating this KonMari method, one thing that she asks people to do is to visualize the life that they want to have and the identity that they want to have and the person that they want to be and choose objects in keeping with that. With the idea being that you, the things that you aspire to will inherently spark joy. And that you should keep things and use things that are part of the aspirational version of yourself, with the hope that if you start to do that and act like the aspirational version of yourself, then that is the person that you're going to eventually morph into. And so that's kind of the KonMari method. And this was something that I kind of dabbled in, in the sense that I kind of went through my stuff and said, like, you know what, like, you know, this isn't something that necessarily sparks joy but it's not something that I got into for a really, really long time. And I kind of tried like a whole bunch of different methods before I actually gave this a serious thought because I would always hear about KonMari and this whole idea of like physically holding an item and like thanking it and like almost like humanizing it and like talking to it and and being, and, and, and showing gratitude to it. Like in all honesty, I kind of, thought about it and was like oh okay well you know that's kind of dumb um i yeah i was quite resistant to it at first and for a long time just kind of rejected it outright and like it's not dumb but I was just kind of sort of a little bit rigid in my thinking and didn't really want to open myself up to doing that and yeah it just kind of felt a little bit unintuitive and uncomfortable to me and the thing that made me kind of change my mind on it was that I was at one point going through my things and it was late at night and I kind of had this like piece of clothing in my hand and this was like a really unique piece that I swear, like, uh, like I'll never find anything else like it again. I really, really appreciate it. And I, like, it had kind of been sitting in my closet for a while and I was kind of, like, getting that sense of, like, boredom from it. Like, like that feeling where you used to like something, but now it kind of doesn't give you that same sort of energy that it did before. And I kind of thought about it for a while and thought back to when I had initially found it and things like that. And it kind of, like, really, like, re-sparked, the joy that I got from possessing that item and made me kind of love it all over again. And I realized that I was kind of spontaneously on my own sort of incorporating this KonMari idea of expressing gratitude and of, of really taking the time to look at my possessions and and be thankful for, for the fact that I have them and for the value that they bring to my life. So that kind of made me reassess KonMari a little bit and and sort of give it a go. But with that said, I it's still not kind of the primary method that I use, and that's for a few reasons related to, like, practicality and also kind of the philosophy of it that I'll get into in a minute. But first, because we're optimists, um, some of the pros. So I thought that, I think oftentimes when... We look at our clothes, we're like really dissatisfied. And a lot of people who are drawn to minimalism have this sense of like dissatisfaction because they find that they get bored of stuff really quickly and they want to be able to appreciate their items for longer, but they don't necessarily know how to do that, right? Like a lot of advice surrounding minimalism says, you know, like get rid of your stuff and, you know, separate objects and people and so on. And the underlying message is like, oh, well, you know, like just value your stuff and like, you know, don't get bored of the things you have and don't go shopping for new stuff. But the advice on actually, keeping that sort of sense of joy and satisfaction alive when you own a particular piece of clothing or any other item is kind of nebulous. Like there's no real methodology for doing it. And for a lot of people, I think including myself, this, kind of gives you a sense of like lack of control because you don't want to buy more stuff and you don't want to get bored of your existing wardrobe. I think a lot of people, if they were given the choice, would simply choose to like buy clothes once and keep them for the rest of their life if they could somehow control their level of satisfaction and continuously be as satisfied with that wardrobe as they were when they purchased it on day one. But... Sometimes when we purchase stuff you kind of get that initial sense of excitement that initial like dopamine hit that infatuation from buying that new item and it's kind of a crapshoot as to whether it's something that you end up loving for the next 10 years or whether it's something that you you get bored of very quickly and i've personally found myself just like feeling very frustrated because i can't go to the store and sort of differentiate between something that I'm really going to love for a really, really long time and something that's just kind of an impulse buy. Even, you know, if I, like, use mental tricks to try and differentiate between the two, it's still not perfect and I still find that it's kind of 50-50. But I found that, like, when trying Mari and, like, kind of, like, the difference when I tried KonMari was that I would actually take, like, five minutes just kind of spontaneously here and there to, like to do this, like, ritual of, like, looking at my stuff. And, like, I still don't, like, talk to my stuff. I don't, like, thank them as though they're people. I, that's still, like, a little bit weird to me. But I would take the time to, like, actively look at each piece and, like, hold it in my hand and, like, think about, like, either the stuff I've done with it or, like, when I purchased it and things like that. And just, like, think about how much I actually love the item and, like, the particular features of it that I really like and really appreciate. And... This really took me by surprise because I didn't think it would be very effective, but I've actually found it to be extremely effective in terms of not getting bored of your stuff. Like, I can't think of very many items from when I started doing this that, like, have kind of worn out in terms of the amount of joy that I get from them. And so this was, like, by far the biggest benefit that I have found in KonMari. And I'm really glad that I did kind of look back on it and sort of give it a second shot. Because I feel like I have a little bit more of a a formalized methodology now for actually taking the stuff that I have and continuously staying satisfied with them, as opposed to just liking them when I purchased them and then kind of having this itching feeling of, like, ugh, like... You know, I'm getting bored of these jeans and I don't like them anymore and I kind of want a new pair of jeans, which which really frustrated me before. So I think like that was the biggest benefit that I got out of KonMari was just kind of like, you know, if I bought a jumpsuit and I had particular reasons why I liked it, then I could, by deliberately going back and artificially kind of reminding oneself about, you know, like what I like about this jumpsuit, like, you know, how the pant legs fit or like the fabric or like, you know, whatever it might be. That kind of re-sparked that sort of joy and that sense of like satisfaction and perfection and just kind of like completeness. Like I don't need anything else. I'm content with what I have and like I'm not dissatisfied with this in any way. It's not boring to me. I also think that the Mari method is good in terms of not, being, not necessarily needing to buy anything new. So I think when people first get into minimalism, sometimes they inadvertently actually end up buying more stuff than they throw out. Because they kind of, without any sort of system, go through their stuff and get rid of everything that they're kind of bored of or don't like anymore or doesn't fit or whatever it might be. And then the next natural step for them is like, oh, well, you know, like now I need some new tank tops or now I need some new jeans or, or whatever it might be. And whether people realize it or not, I think like sometimes that's almost sort of like a, like a subconscious excuse to kind of go shopping, right? Like you want to give yourself a reason to shop and give yourself permission to shop and not feel guilty about it. So in that sense, I think a lot of, a lot of like, unsystemic decluttering for people who are new to minimalism kind of encourages consumerism and encourages this sort of like impulse buying and creating reasons to shop more and kind of like perpetuates those bad habits that those people are trying to get away from. I think KonMari is useful in the sense that like you don't need to go out and buy anything new, right? Like you can go through and like, get rid of stuff and kind of, like, already work with what you've got. Whereas, like, when you have, like, a personal uniform or capsule wardrobe, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that kind of begs you to buy new stuff in order to make your, in order to kind of complete that method, right? And KonMari, because you're supposed to, like, love every single thing, it's almost kind of impossible to just, like, go on a shopping spree afterwards because it, takes a long time to really find pieces that are very unique and that you really love and that really bring you a lot of joy, right? Like it actively discourages you from just going out and buying some jeans because they're like, okay, right? Just like go out and buy something like just because, right? Like it encourages you to go out and just hold out. And even if you spend months looking for them to buy this like perfect pair of jeans that you really treasure and really love and that are very unique. So I quite like that about it. And I also think that minimalists kind of tend to really appreciate it when things are very decluttered, when they're very clean and very organized. And because KonMari kind of encourages you to sort items by category and to fold them carefully, it gives a very kind of peaceful and freeing and calming effect because you can open your wardrobe and see all of your nicely folded clothes and it's just very peaceful and it feels very complete you don't feel as though you need to declutter anymore you don't feel as though you're just satisfied with your wardrobe it just gives you the sense of like okay like this is my wardrobe this is what i've got and this is perfect for me and that also leaves you with a lot less mental clutter that that i think a lot of people struggle with and I personally didn't really feel a huge need to categorize, but I did end up storing my items very carefully. Like, my personal system is that I just have this like metal rack and I keep all of my clothes out in the open because it is, I just have a naturally monochrome wardrobe. Like, I have a lot lot of blacks and grays and stuff like that because that's just my personal preference. And I found that like caring for the items and mending them and really looking at them and appreciating them and things like that and just keeping them out in the open was something that really brought me a lot of peace. So I I, I really liked that aspect to it. But with that said, I did kind of have a lot of reservations that I kind of still have about the KonMari method. And These were kind of there from the beginning when I was first introduced to the concept and largely they're still kind of there even though I see more value now in appreciating individual items and showing gratitude for the things you have. And the first one is kind of the opposite side of that same coin which is kind of this possession-centric and and possession-positive mentality that comes with kind of the larger KonMari philosophy. And it's just... I found just a little bit uncomfortable to me, just kind of the extent to which objects within the KonMari method are treated almost as people and the immense amount of value that gets put on objects. Like it's okay to an extent to appreciate the items you have and almost essential to an extent because otherwise you'd literally be running out to the mall every single day for like a new dopamine hit when you buy a new item, right? So like to some extent that's necessary and to some extent that's perfectly fine. But I think just kind of... In, in, in sort of an intuitive and, and also in a practical sense, it's sort of important to recognize at a sort of philosophical level that it is just stuff and that it's not the same thing as people and it's probably not a good idea to be overly attached to things, right? So like, for example, there's there, there are things that I'm quite attached to and my backpack is at the very top of that list. I like backpacks. I like my backpack in particular. And I would say I have like some degree of attachment to it and and definitely feel like a deep appreciation for it every time I kind of look at it and and use it and think about it. But at the same time, I acknowledge that at the end of the day, it's just a backpack. And I think it's important to be okay with the idea that one day any given possession that you have, no matter how much you love it, uh, might be gone, right? You could spill wine on your clothes tomorrow. I could lose my backpack on a trip, things like that. And sort of on a deeper level, it's important to be okay with that. So that's just kind of something that I found a little bit principally uncomfortable with the KonMari method. Another thing I found with the KonMari method, and this is kind of when you put it into practice, sort of a flaw in the system, so to speak, is that I think sometimes it inadvertently encourages consumerism by just setting such a high bar for each individual possession, right? Like if you do follow KonMari to a T, it's not enough to simply have something that is there for you utility right like a black tank top for example is something that you might not necessarily love but nevertheless brings you a lot of utility or like some of the loungewear you have or something like that KonMari actively encourages you not to keep those things for example not to keep stuff that you wouldn't feel comfortable wearing out of the house and it encourages you to only keep things that you really really love and while I think that that's a good idea in theory when it comes to what you should keep and the things that you should strive to purchase and, and the level of selectivity that you should apply to your purchases. The flip side of that, I think that, that there's kind of this side effect where people start to sort of confuse the joy of items that that have longevity to them and the joy of being incredibly selective with the things that you purchase with the infatuation that comes with having an item that's new, Right. Because everybody knows that like this joy that comes from having new items and it's very easy to confuse the joy of like, you know, these jeans that you've had for a week and that are new and exciting and that you've only worn a couple of times and that you wake up and look forward to wearing, right? And versus... The jeans that you've had for 10 years that are like your perfectly reliable jeans that you can never find anywhere else again and where like every time you wear them, you hope and pray that they don't get torn or don't get any stains on them or anything like that, right? Like that item that you'd be absolutely heartbroken to lose even though you've had it for like years and years, right? So I think a lot of people kind of confuse those two things and what ends up happening is you have your items but you end up getting bored of them because that's to an extent like even if you were doing this whole like gratitude thing to some extent people are just always going to get bored right like you you're kind of wired to become bored with your stuff over time and when people get bored what they inevitably do is try to apply KonMari and say like, hey, this doesn't spark joy anymore. And then they go out and find new stuff that does spark joy. And oftentimes people also aren't as selective as they should be because they see joy when they, you know, like see a new pair of jeans at the shop or something like that. And they confuse that joy of newness with the joy of being very selective and the joy of it being the absolute perfect xyz right and so the result of that is just kind of this like rapid cycling of like getting bored of things not having it spark as much joy anymore so to speak getting rid of it going to the store finding else that sparks something else that sparks joy because it's new as opposed to because you've selected it very carefully taking that home getting bored of it again and so on and so forth so in that sense i think you know, if you if you aren't careful with KonMari, it can encourage you to just become this like rapid cycle co- consumer, which is sort of the opposite of the goal that anybody has when they're going into minimalism or going into KonMari in particular. And then also kind of back to the philosophical backbone of KonMari. I think there's sort of an issue with the aspirational side of it. And to some degree, this is kind of, unrealistic because it also creates bad consumer habits in and of itself and I think that is true for clothes in particular because clothes oftentimes are things that people use to express their identity right like when you buy a piece of clothing oftentimes you're thinking like oh well you know like is this portraying me the way I want to portray me and how does this make me look right like there's a huge sort of socio-cultural difference between like wearing a blazer and, and looking like a business person versus like wearing like a band t-shirt right and like everybody sort of intuitively understands the message that they're sending when they select the items of clothing that they choose to wear and when people look at their closets and think like oh you know like i don't wear 80 percent of these clothes there's always sort of this subset of clothing that people never wear and the reason why they never wear it is because it is it doesn't belong to their present self it belongs to their aspirational self right like that ideal self that they've been striving for forever that they may or may not ever achieve either because it's unrealistic or because it's just like it's just like not something that they've prioritized necessarily yet so this is for example some people will have clothes that are like way too small for them because they're like, okay, well, you know, one day I'm going to lose weight, one day I'm going to get around to it, and then I'm going to wear this, like, amazing thing, and life's going to be perfect. Or they have, like, a bunch of cocktail dresses because they're like, oh, well, you know, like, the ideal version of me goes out to, like, cocktail parties and is all, like, fancy and has this, like, amazing party, social life, blah, blah, blah. And in reality, that's just just not who they are, but that is who they would like to be. So they have, like, ten cocktail dresses and one t-shirt, Right and there's kind of two flaws in this the first being that oftentimes you're just never going to achieve those things because there's a difference between the person that you want to be and the person that you are and and want to be at kind of a practical everyday level and there are just some things that were never necessarily going to achieve, which is, is not necessarily a failure or a bad thing, because it's just a matter of personal preference and a matter of what works for us, right? Like, if you're not somebody that goes, goes out and parties and you find parties absolutely exhausting, then even if you want to be a party goer... there's there's kind of this discrepancy there, right? Like you're probably not going to at some point in the future find parties exciting and you're not going to start going to them every night when for the first 30 years of your life you hardly ever went to parties, right? And that's sort of a separate thing in and of itself of becoming comfortable with who you are as opposed to this sort of unrealistic idea of who you could be at some point in the future but nevertheless to, to kind of deliberately go and calibrate those things and be like okay well you know I have a realistic aspiration to lose 20 pounds and to eat healthier but I have this unrealistic aspiration of being this social butterfly when I've absolutely never been one is kind of an important process to go through when you're looking at your closet in particular. And then second for kind of the goals that are realistic and that are part of who you are that you want to achieve. I think a lot of the times by the time you actually reach that goal, those clothes have lost all of their spark anyway. So for example, I at one point lost a huge amount of weight. This was like about 10 years ago now because I was clinically overweight and not happy. So I spent about a year or so losing weight. And this was about like 20 kilos worth of weight. So enough to kind of bring me down by a clothing size at the time. And I had all of these clothes, like literally over half of my closet was goal weight clothes. So like clothes that I would wear once I was skinny and hot, Um, or at least so I thought. but then I actually got to that weight and I looked at all of these clothes that had been hanging in my closet, kind of beckoning to me for like years on end, and that I had been so excited to finally be able to wear. And it turned out I actually didn't like them. Or like a lot of the clothes, like I just physically had not been able to wear before because they like either looked so awful because they didn't fit properly, or because I physically could not fit inside them. And I had never actually worn them and never actually gotten a chance to see what they looked like on my body. And even though I Like the piece of clothing in a theoretical sense when they were actually on me they did not look nearly as good as I thought they would and that was just kind of part of learning sort of you know what clothes would fit with my body but yeah so like the majority of of my closet And and like the majority of the clothes I had that were these kind of like aspirational clothes, I actually ended up getting rid of really without wearing them once, which unfortunately was a huge waste. But, you know, live and learn Um, just because they just there was this discrepancy between where I thought I would end up and where I actually ended up, both practically and in terms of preference. So this sort of idea of KonMari, of like dressing for your aspirational self or or at least keeping possessions that relate to your aspirational self i think can really lead us to sort of cling to certain things because we have these dreams that may or may not be realistic or be who we actually are and that can also lead to a lot of like impulse buying of like going to the store and being like oh well you know I really love this dress and you know when I lose 30 pounds maybe it'll fit me so I'll go buy it because I like that feeling of like like that sense of like oh one day I'll get to that point right because at that point, sometimes you're not even so much buying the piece of clothing as you are buying into that dream that you have that isn't actually related to the piece of clothing or the other item at all, right? Like it's just related to something that you want for yourself that you're sort of subconsciously trying to purchase. So that's just kind of another sticking point I had. And then another sticking point was this whole idea of maintenance, and I think that the idea of maintaining your clothes is something that I've personally benefited a lot from. So, for example, I used to think that the idea of mending my clothes was just kind of like, Ugh, like, for some reason, like the item of clothing somehow stayed flawed in my own brain, even if I mended it, because it was somehow at that point like imperfect. And I've really gotten around or come around to to mending clothes and maintaining them, and and really finding each each piece piece of clothing precious as a result of this this KonMari philosophy. But I do think a lot of the the maintenance that is proposed in the KonMari method, like folding your clothes in this very particular way and organizing them in this very particular way, I think that's like exhausting for a lot of people and not necessarily an approach that is practical, right? Because like people are busy and they don't necessarily have the time to or even want to do some of these things, right? So one thing that that KonMari asks you to do is if you have like a handbag or a purse and you come home, then before you just like flop on the couch you take the purse and you take each item out of the purse and put it in its place and then you thank the purse and then put the purse in its place right and i think just you know the way this practically pans out for a lot of people is that it's just not sustainable like i carry a backpack most places i go like a little like like just like a small day backpack And which is kind of the equivalent of my purse. And I don't want to do that every day when I come home. And honestly, like, I would kind of feel awkward doing it. Like, there's a time and a place to be like, oh, you know, like, I really like this backpack and it serves me really well. And it has a lot of utility and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, I don't want to do that every day when I get home, nor do I have the mental capacity to do that with like all of my things, right? Like, you know, it's a good thing to clean up your clothes, but I don't want to go through this whole like folding process and like putting it away and thanking it and blah, 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 right? I think that practically that just doesn't pan out for a lot of people. So that would kind of be my biggest practical criticism of KonMari is that, it's, it's just something that's like very high effort and, and requires a lot of mental energy and sort of demands things that aren't always realistic for people. So those are kind of my thoughts on KonMari and we'll kind of come back to that a little bit in, uh, when, when I talk a little bit about comparing the different methods. But I want to move on here to the second method that I was going to discuss today, which is the castle wardrobe. So the idea of the capsule wardrobe, and this is very similar to Project 333, if you've heard that, the idea is to have a certain number of items, usually like a set number of items, like 30 items or 50 items, that are very versatile and to mix and match them in order to create a, a large amount of outfits, right? So for example, in a very simplified capsule wardrobe, you might have like three tops and th- or you know more than three tops let's say like six tops and six pairs of pants and you would just kind of wear a different combination of pants and tops every single day right because if you have let's say like six six tops and six pairs of pants right then that gives you 36 different wardrobe options right so it's it's the main goal of the capsule wardrobe is to give you a lot of variety and a lot of flexibility with very few actual items. And I'm going to be honest here. I don't like the capsule wardrobe, and I'm very sorry to the people who do. No judgment whatsoever. If it works for you, then more power to you. But I tried the capsule wardrobe and I dropped it like after only a couple of months. So I'm going to talk about a couple of pros here, um, but. Really, this is more just like me imagining what the pros of a capsule wardrobe might be as opposed to me actually experiencing those pros because I can't necessarily say that I experience a lot of pros. And then there's going to be a substantial list of cons. So I think like the main appeal to uh, for a capsule wardrobe is that you are getting that variety, right? A lot of people in theory want to declutter their closets and want to become more minimalist and and sort of want to to dive into that but they're a little bit uncomfortable with the concept of only having a few items to wear and and a few outfits to wear right they might be a little bit self-conscious about like wearing the same few things and like you know like what people are going to think or they might like just get bored very quickly right like if you're just coming into this and somebody tells you yeah you're going to have five outfits and that's just all you're going to wear for the rest of your life that's very very unappealing and a very high barrier to entry so the capital wardrobe is is particularly appealing to a lot of new minimalists i think or a lot of people who just kind of hover along the outskirts of it because it is very approachable and it kind of gives you sort of a ramp to use towards minimalism and gives you a chance to dabble in it while still giving you some variety, right? And it largely holds up to that, right? Like if you have pieces that are very versatile, you can create a lot of different outfits from from just a few things. And there's also very like subtle low volume things that you can do. For example, if you just have like a little box of jewelry, right, which doesn't take up very much space, you can do a lot of customization on your outfits with like just a couple of accessories or like with a different hairstyle. Or like if you have an item that can be worn in different ways, right? Like let's say you have a blouse and you might wear it open with something underneath or you might wear it buttoned up or you might wear it with like a tie or something like that. There's a lot of things you can do with that one item of clothing. And if you're somebody who's like very creative and really likes the whole mixing and matching thing, then yeah, I think this is great for you, right? Like definitely a good thing to try out if you're a little bit hesitant, but, and you still want to have that ability to exercise your creativity, but also look into your closet and think like, oh my God, I have so many clothes, right? Like this is, this is a good balancing point. I also think the capsule wardrobe makes you consider very carefully what you're going to buy, just because each item does have to be very versatile and does have to pull a lot of weight, right? So you're not going to buy things that's like uh, that are like extremely niche, right? You're you're probably not going to convince yourself to buy like five different cocktail dresses as you did previously, because that's. Already a substantial amount of things, and there's very little that you can do to customize a cocktail dress, right? You're probably not going to go to work on Monday morning in your cocktail dress and then sit at the office all day in that, right? Nor can you take a cocktail dress and like wear it differently or like throw a blazer on top or something like that and just have it be a completely different outfit. So I think it really stops a lot of those impulse buys that people tend to make, which are these like really flashy and very niche statement pieces that don't necessarily cater very well to that person's actual daily lifestyle and that people buy largely because they're looking for this like 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 they're looking to escape some sort of intangible boredom that they feel they have so the capsule wardrobe is also very good i think for like curbing the the worst accesses of of those consumer habits right um with that being said why did i not like the capsule wardrobe and yeah yeah i could go on for this about this for a while but these are very personal things and again like i don't think this is a bad method i think that for some people this works really well it's clearly very popular and has sustained itself for a really long time now so don't let me discourage you um but with that said i think what i found with capsule wardrobes were that a lot of items are very generic and this kind of butts heads with the konmari method of just just keeping things that really spark joy and that are incredibly unique and that you really love. Because I find that the items that I really love are like, they're like very specific items that are oftentimes a little bit niche or have like a very specific design that that is very specialized and that is very difficult to pair with other things, right? Like they have just kind of like a certain uniqueness to them that you don't see a lot, but as a result, you're exchanging some level of versatility, right? And I found that when I tried the capsule wardrobe, it kind of pushed me to pick things that were just like incredibly generic and... I just got very, very bored of it very quickly because I wanted to wear my statement pieces and those are the pieces that I truly loved. And instead I was thinking like, oh, well, you know, like I got to have some t-shirts and I got to have some basic blouses and I got to have some, you know, pairs of jeans and I can't have anything that's too out there because like this like really interestingly cut blouse is not something that I can pair with a lot of different things, right? And I can't really create a large number of outfits out of these statement pieces. So yeah, I, I'm just like personally not a huge fan of, of clothes that I would personally consider to be generic. I'm not really aesthetically as minimalist as some people are. I would get like very, very, very bored just wearing like basic t-shirts and blouses and jeans all day i do have um kind of like a base uniform that i'll get into in in, in the personal uniform component of this later but yeah like i i just really love my statement pieces and the joy of fashion really comes out in those and i thought that the capsule wardrobe was absolutely horrible in terms of catering to people who really like that And sort of along the same lines of personal preference, I found that the types of clothes that I've always naturally gravitated to for for my entire life were kind of incompatible with a capsule wardrobe. So I'm the kind of person that really likes kind of a monochrome wardrobe. Like, I really love the color black. I don't know why. Like, I just... I don't really love colorful outfits. I I don't like orange tops or like pink pants or anything like that. I really like the simplicity of like a solid black or like black and silver or something like that. Like that's just my personal preference. And I think that when you have this kind of monochrome personal taste, it's very difficult to create a lot of items to like customize because like they're all compatible with each other, but at the same time you're your outfits all kind of end up looking the same, right? Whereas like if you have 10 different shirts and they're all a different color, then you can create very distinct outfits. And that's kind of what the capsule wardrobe intends for you to do. And then also I've kind of also like always gravitated towards dresses and jumpsuits. And the reason why is because mixing and matching to me is like completely exhausting and that's essentially the gist of the capsule wardrobe like and 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 that's just not something that i personally like to do it's it's very mentally exhausting for me it contributes to a lot of like decision fatigue and i'm really like fashion impaired i i like particular pieces that are well designed but The point is that I pay for people to be creative on my behalf and to design interesting one-piece outfits for me so that I don't have to think about it, right? And I really like dresses and jumpsuits for that reason is because it's a one-piece outfit that someone has put time and thought into creating and I really appreciate those outfits but at the same time i can't create them myself like i'm not very good at knowing like oh well you know like this particular type of blouse would go with like these types of pants and this balances out this and like these are the colors that go together like that's just way over my head i don't understand it and yeah so like for the types of clothes that that i In particular, wear which is a lot of jumpsuits and a lot of dresses that leaves like very little room for variation. And I my preference for that is just so strong, and it works so well for me that it kind of nixes the idea of a capsule wardrobe because you know there's that you can customize a dress or a jumpsuit, but you can't pair a jumpsuit with a dress, right? And and that's kind of the point behind a capsule wardrobe is to take different pieces and put them together in like in in different combinations. And you can still layer to an extent, right? Like you can probably put a blazer on top of, of a dress with an A-line skirt. Or, you know, you can like put jewelry on top of something. Like you can wear like a like bracelets with your jumpsuit. I'm also not an accessory person, so like I Accessories to me are just kind of mental clutter that I immediately want to get rid of and that just don't have much utility to my mind. Some people love accessories. Um, I'm I'm just not that kind of person. So even that customization option was sort of not accessible to me in terms of personal preference. So just for that reason alone, the, cap- the capsule wardrobe didn't really work for me. I also think that the capsule wardrobe is very rigid when it comes to catering to different seasons and events. Because if you have very niche pieces, which which Con Mari allows you to do, or if you have a personal uniform that you just kind of customize with single pieces, right? Like if you have a personal uniform, you can just throw a blazer on top of it or have like a jacket for cold days or like have a, a pair of sweatpants or something like that to kind of to kind of tweak your base uniform a little bit. That, that makes it, like, really compatible with different seasons, different events, things like that. But the capsule wardrobe, because all of your pieces already have, like, they, they cater very much to your daily life, right? Like, usually, like, your job and, and your personal life and sort of some rough combination of that. When you're going into something very niche or when you're transitioning through f- four seasons – it kind of has difficulty keeping up with that, right? Because like, imagine if you have like this like wool sweater that you only wear in the winter, well, you know, at that point you kind of, you know, need to change your capsule and have like a summer capsule, a winter capsule and off. All of a sudden you have like double the amount of clothes and then like you probably have like a trench coat for the fall or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're kind of right back where you started, right? But if you really live in a climate where there's four different seasons, it's very hard to create a capsule wardrobe of pieces that you can truly wear year round because some pieces are just dedicated to a certain climate, right? Like a wool sweater is not something that you're going to wear in the summer, So you either end up having to have like multiple capsules or just like having a lot of clothes on reserve to switch out as the seasons change or you just end up sitting there in a wool sweater in the summer. Or just like having a wool sweater that is part of your, let's say, like 30 items, which is already very limited, and having your options be limited further because you can't wear that wool sweater in the summer, right? And all of a sudden, instead of having a 30-item rotation to choose from, you only have a 15-item rotation because for the entire summer, you're not going to be wearing the other 15 items and then also for you know events like if you're the kind of person who doesn't go to cocktail parties very often but you know maybe you'll go like once a year or something when that once a year rolls around it's very difficult to figure out what exactly you're going to wear and with a capital wardrobe you can probably make yourself look presentable but if it really is like a, like a formal event or just like you, you know like going to the beach or just something that you don't do very often or I, like, I guess most people go to the beach a lot. I'm not the kind of person who goes to the beach a lot. So for me, this would be like a very uh, niche undertaking. But capsule wardrobes are so heavily catered to your daily life because each piece needs to do so much work for you and you need to be able to wear it on a regular basis that sometimes when you're branching out into those kinds of things, you're left with really no options for catering to, to that particular activity. So... Yeah, like there's very little customization in terms of of doing those types of things. And I found that for me personally, like I need to be able to like make quick modifications because my life kind of changes quite rapidly and like one day I'll be working like primarily in an office setting and the next day I'll be like climbing up a mountain, right? So because I kind of go through these like chunks of like a few months at at a time where I'm working in like very different settings I found that the capsule wardrobe wasn't necessarily catered very well to that and then kind of as a last thing, and, and this is highly personal, and if you're not a frequent traveler, this probably doesn't apply to you. But you can imagine that fitting an entire capsule wardrobe into a single backpack and then traveling for a few months is not something that's practical. Like even if you only have 30 clothes or you know, 50 items of clothing or or whatever it might be that's not something that's going to fit into a 20-something liter backpack, which is what I usually carry with me. So that already sort of disqualified it. Um, I, I tried the capsule wardrobe initially really before I ended up traveling. This was like a few years ago now. But... You know, looking back on it, I wouldn't try it again for that reason alone because I know when it comes time to to do traveling, that's not something I'm going to be able to take with me. And I don't want to have to create a separate system just for the travel periods and then a se- separate system for the at-home periods. So that's kind of the capsule wardrobe. Um... Yeah, not something that is, is something suited to me personally, but I definitely appreciate the, the the benefits that it can have for other people who live very different lifestyles and and have a lot more creativity than I do. And then lastly, the last sort of subset of methodologies I want to cover was a personal uniform. And this is one that I think a lot of people shy away from because it's, it's – it's perceived as being the most extreme and and probably fairly perceived as being the most extreme. So the idea of a personal uniform as as the name kind of suggests is that you have one outfit and like you probably like own several of this same outfit that is very basic that you wear pretty much every day and you can be more strict or less strict with this like definitely I'm much less strict with it but in its purest form you get up every single morning and you wear the exact same thing just like if you were let's say like if you worked at a retail store right like you probably get up before work and you put on the same uniform every single day and so you get up every single morning and you put on the exact same thing and basically fashion is now irrelevant to you and I think this is like really appealing in a philosophical sense just because fashion is not a requirement and at present a lot of fashion is so focused on like the pleasure of shopping and like and bringing out your identity through fashion and finding things that are really aesthetically pleasing or buying things for social reasons or for status reasons and things like that and this just kind of says like look clothes have utility right um and we need to wear clothes but they don't necessarily need to have any sort of like like aesthetic purpose to them and you know this whole idea of like social status and things like that are is something that like isn't necessarily really important right like you need basic clothes to cover your body to keep yourself warm to make you feel comfortable to make you feel confident in yourself but that's pretty much it so most of the time, a personal uniform is something that's, like, very generic and very easy to replace. Everybody just ha- has kind of a different idea of what this means. But, like, yeah, like, normally people won't go out and, like, buy a, a very specific jumpsuit or dress or 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 top and pants, it's it's something that's going to be like continuously replaceable. And so usually there's a top consisting of like some sort of like t-shirt or something like that. And then bottoms like jeans or leggings or something like that. In my particular case, the outfit that I immediately gravitated towards that I was very happy with and still am is just a black cotton t-shirt and leggings. So and well, black leggings specifically um like like the high-waisted ones. And yeah, like the t-shirt a little bit tighter and a little bit more structured at the shoulders. I have like very niche specifications for what I want these to be like and usually buy them from the same brand every single time because I have particular brands that fit me very very well, right? And when you only have this like one outfit, then you do, you don't just want any black t-shirt that sort of kind of fits, right? Like you want the black t-shirt that fits you perfectly and makes you feel great. And so this was something that I tried in it quite strictly for a while, but I've since kind of become a bit more liberal on just for just for pragmatic reasons that I'll get into in a minute. But some of the pros of this, I think firstly it is very simple and very free right like the idea of just kind of waking up in the morning and opening up your closet and there's a stack of 10 black t-shirts and 10 leggings and that's literally it right like that concept is is very eloquent and is is very sexy and is kind of every minimalist ultimate dream right to have something that is that is so simple and so liberating and so sleek. So I think conceptually it's it's a really nice concept and a concept that's very satisfying. And with that kind of comes that there's zero decision fatigue associated with it, right? Because all fashion is irrelevant to you now and we spend like a lot of time devoted to fashion right like we choose our clothes we go buy our clothes we go to the mall we go on shopping trips we shop online in the evenings we mend our clothes we wash our clothes which oftentimes like needs to be washed differently and stuff like that like maybe you take like your blazer to the dry cleaners things like that you think about what outfits you're going to wear you fret over whether those outfits are going to look good etc cetera, etc cetera, right and all of that stuff is just kind of immediately gone right like you don't have to choose anything you don't have to go buy anything you occasionally replace a t-shirt and that is about it so it's it's also just very mentally freeing in that sense because all of that stuff you don't have to worry about anymore and that mental clutter is completely gone and it's also kind of for similar sort of indirect reasons a very cheap method right and you can kind of understand this intuitively So first of all, when most of us buy clothes there's some waste product associated with that you're when you buy a piece of clothing you're not necessarily always going to like it like sometimes you think you liked it initially and then it turns out you don't and that kind of that all the money and time that you spent on that goes to waste or sometimes you'll just buy something and the quality of it will be absolutely terrible because most people are continuously sort of trying on new types of clothing new fabrics new brands and so on so you know, I've definitely been in the position of buying something that I thought was of high quality. And it turns out that even though it was marketed as such and seemed to be of relatively high quality, it actually wasn't, right? So there's, there's kind of that. And then we also kind of change changes people and get bored of stuff. So there's a quick turnover, right, when it comes to, to the clothes that most of us have. And so comparatively speaking, when you just have one single outfit, right – buying a new t-shirt once every few months or even once every couple of years if if you, you're you buying really high quality stuff that you take good care of is is incredibly cheap like a, a black t-shirt you know you can get one for 10 bucks if you really want like the ones that i personally buy are a little bit more expensive but yeah like it, it's it's definitely a lot cheaper than than going out and and having like a large variety in your wardrobe And the clothes actually, I found, don't wear out very quickly at all. Like, you'd think if you're wearing black t-shirts every single day that you're going to have to, like, buy new t-shirts every, like, month or two. But I actually found that, you know, you can easily go a year if you need to with, like, 10 different t-shirts. And then thirdly, I think because you're putting so much time into finding one particular outfit that you really like, it's something that's always going to look good. And you never have to question what you look like, right? Like, I like I said, gravitated towards this particular outfit and it's something that I knew looked good on me and something that was very consistent and reliable and I never had to step out the door and be like, oh, well, you know, like, do I look good in this today and, like, am I comfortable in these clothes? Like, these were clothes that were physically comfortable, but they were also comfortable to me psychologically, right? Like, I felt very good in them as a person and and I felt that I looked very good in them and to kind of have that comfort of always knowing that you have this like consistent level of like looking presentable and enjoying the way you look personally was was a really big benefit to it that that I kind of undervalued initially and on the flip side kind of looking at some of the cons of this like I think these are like very intuitive, but I will say just to preface the cons list is this is as restrictive as you want it to be, right? Like I think most people who have some sort of personal uniform have some variation. And I think another pro of this actually is that it's very easy to introduce that variation, right? So what I have now is is I do have this like personal base uniform that I've kept and that I really enjoy. And it's just such an easy go-to and I love having that go-to, but I have some things that can really quickly modify it. So for example, I have this oversized plaid blazer that I have. And just by putting this blazer on top of the outfit, I can really quickly make myself look more professional um, for like office environments or like meetings and things like that, where I need to look a particular way. Or like if you know, it's, like, really cold out, then I have a pair of sweatpants that can go over top of the leggings or that I can wear instead of the leggings. And the leggings just kind of, like, act as long underwear and they're very warm. Or I have a sweater, obviously, that I just put over top of, of T-shirts. And so, like, really, it doesn't take a lot to make this incredibly versatile. The outfit itself is already pretty much as versatile as one single outfit can be. But you only really need, like, I would say like half a dozen articles of clothing outside of that base uniform in order to give yourself a really versatile uniform or a really versatile um, wardrobe, rather. And that's something that that I think I really grew to appreciate was just like how quickly you could take this this very basic outfit and turn it into something completely different and how flexible it was in terms of climate and in terms of setting, right? cons then come from just, I think, like, just honestly just being too rigid with this system. Obviously, if you're strict about only having this one particular outfit, you are going to face some of the same problems that I mentioned with the capsule wardrobe, which is, like, it's very... Rigid when it comes to dressing for like different types of weather and for dressing for niche events and things like that. And you're going to have other outfits on reserve the more strict you are with wearing uniform on a day-to-day basis. And so... I think if you're going to try this, like, you know, do be cognizant of the fact that eventually you're probably going to wear a sweater or like you're probably going to go out and want to wear like a pair of jeans or like sweatpants or whatever it might be, right? Like, it's probably not sustainable long term to literally only wear one outfit every single day, right? Like, people get chilly, people wear sweaters. That's just what it is, you know? And yeah, like the biggest con of this is I think just like interpreting it too rigidly and not giving yourself a bit of freedom to understand that you're a human being with different things going on in your life and and things that you need to cater to. And then kind of the the other main main component of this is just that like it gets boring. And to some extent, it's it's fair to say like, you know, like, there's there's no reason why you should necessarily get bored of your clothes because clothes are fundamentally something that have a certain utility, right? And, and it's a valid criticism to say that we focus too much on aesthetics. But with that being said, like, my personal preference is aesthetic in part. Like, I, I just do get satisfaction out of wearing clothes that I really like and out of wearing different clothes and out of wearing, like, very unique pieces that, that I've dug up somewhere and so that's kind of something that i missed and like especially when i'm at home i i really enjoy kind of the the more pleasurable aspect of fashion and so that's not something that i would want to give up entirely and one argument that's often forwarded in the context of discussing the personal uniform is that it's when you're looking for variation in fashion it's just something that you're using to cover up like boredom in your life and i think for some people that's true right like i think there's some people like if they weren't bored in their lives they really wouldn't care what they put on in the morning and for myself this is certainly true as well like if you're if you just have so much going on in your life and you're excited about the way you're moving moving forward in your life and so on like you're not spending hours and hours shopping online and hours at the shopping mall because you you know you've got things to go places to be and you're really excited in general and and you're sufficiently stimulated right and that lack of stimulation or lack of progress or feeling that you need to change oftentimes is the inspiration for a shopping trip but with that said, I do think that there are plenty of people who just genuinely enjoy fashion and and enjoy it as a hobby and just get pleasure out of it. And it doesn't interfere with a lot. And there's nothing necessarily that they're trying to replace, right? Like, it's not it's wouldn't be realistic to claim that everybody who enjoys fashion and everybody who enjoys wearing different outfits once in a while is just trying to fill some void in your, in their life, right? Um there there is a certain genuine creative pleasure that comes out of it. And so yeah, like that that's just kind of the main criticism that that I have is that if you're very strict with it, it does get impractical, it does get boring eventually for most people. So I guess having tried all of those three methods and and kind of looking at them individually in my experiences with them, I've kind of gotten to a, a happy sort of in-between that, that I'm pretty comfortable with. I think I draw very little from the capsule wardrobe just because like it didn't work for me at all. I get, I think, the most influence from the personal uniform I still have the t-shirts still have it have the leggings I have about five sets I think I think I haven't counted recently but I think I still have have around five of each one and it's definitely still something that I wear on a regular basis and a really easy thing to fall back on it's it's so easy when you can just you know walk out the door and not think about like okay well what's clean what what you know, I haven't done laundry in a while and what should I wear that's like suited to the weather and blah, 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 right? Like just be able to throw that on is really liberating and is a really great sort of foundational sort of backup plan to have. And so I definitely still use that quite a bit. I would say that roughly every second day at this point I wear it. And I've also taken some of of KonMari kind of as inspiration like in general I don't do the majority of the things that the KonMari method suggests but as I said previously I do make an effort now to maintain my clothes properly. Like, if they need to be taken to the tailor, I'm happy to go take it to the tailor because, you know, like, each item is something that I really enjoy and really appreciate and try to deliberately maintain appreciation of. I, you know, I I clean my clothes properly. I tend to get my clothes dry clean more often just because, like, I, I know it, like, adds another thing to my to-do list, but I just enjoy taking really, really good care, care of my clothes now, especially clothes that that were quite expensive and that were, like, a genuine investment for me and that I find are designed really, really well and that I want to have for years to come. Um, I also kind of have this sort of deliberate thing that I do now, which is to, like, occasionally take some time to just like look through my stuff and just kind of like them and just to just kind of look at it like even if it sounds stupid to just kind of like look at each individual thing and be like damn like i really like this for like these reasons and like you know this pair of pants is just like perfect and blah 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 right and Again, this whole idea of like humanizing objects and like speaking to them and laying them to rest in your closet and things like um, that—that's still something that I kind of shy away from. It's something that doesn't necessarily feel natural to me. But just sitting down once in a while to deliberately appreciate them, I find counteracts boredom extremely effectively and counteracts this like this discomfort that otherwise would arise of like you know continuously wanting to like get rid of stuff that's like old and boring now and wanting to recycle and and get new stuff right i find it slows that cycle down immensely so just kind of from a pragmatic perspective it it, it kind of acts as like a very good psychological check and balance and really extends at kind of like the the like the lifespan of these items in terms of like my desire to keep them and i have found that there are there's a much higher percentage now of items that i have that i really intend to keep for like the next 10 years if possible and that i couldn't imagine ever getting rid of even though they're several years old at this point like i think my oldest items at this point are about 10 years old almost and i love them almost as much as i did on day one and deliberately sitting down and looking at them and having some appreciation for the items and their uniqueness and their aesthetic quality is, is something that's really been helpful with that. So yeah, so I kind of have the personal uniform and then I kind of have these statement pieces that I really like. Um, at this point, I kind of have like, I would say like... Th- four or five jumpsuits and like, yeah, like around the same amount of dresses, maybe like three or four dresses. And I have a couple of sweaters that, even though they're sweaters, like they're very basic items, but I actually really love my sweaters. Um, I would say they're my favorite, like all of my, yeah, I would say they're some of my favorite pieces, but yeah, all of my clothes are, are my favorite at this point. And then I have a couple of pairs of pants and and a couple of miscellaneous things. Like, for example, I have a, a, a blazer, as I mentioned before. So yeah, I including, like, I have like five pairs of leggings roughly left and five t-shirts. So I definitely consistently am under 50 articles of clothing i would say that i generally hang around like the 30 piece mark which is actually kind of comparable to the size of a capsule wardrobe so you know i guess in retrospect sort of the the size of the capsule wardrobe and what you need in order to to be sufficiently flexible is something that that checks out in my personal experience but yeah like just kind of having that base uniform and then having the few different outfits Like I said, a lot of my outfits are one piece just because like that's very simple. I don't have to think about the different pieces of clothing. Like I just put on a dress and that is the outfit or I put on a jumpsuit and that is the outfit, right? And yeah, I don't have to think about putting different things together and just kind of there's like a mental simplicity associated with that. So that's kind of what I've landed on. In terms of traveling, like I do strip it down a little bit and I I essentially just take half of what I have. Like the leggings and the t-shirts have the side effect of just being like very, very easily compressible. So I can actually fit a lot of them into my backpack and still have it basically be empty. Like they just get so, so small because it's a very thin fabric. And so and then I just throw in a couple of jumpsuits and dresses depending on where I'm going and how long I'm going to be. So that I always have that. I also have like a raincoat that that stuffs into like this really tiny compressible pocket that I keep with me. And so yeah, like there's there's not a huge difference between being at home and traveling. But when I am traveling, it's really just the exact same wardrobe minus a few items that that I don't need and and that I can leave behind. So yeah, that's just kind of where I've ended up and if you have, if there's like one takeaway from this, I think definitely trying different things is good, but also follow your intuition and figure out what combination of things works for you right because like it's very unlikely that one of these things is going to work perfectly and if it does then that's great because it's very easy to slide into that and probably you've already intuitively identified before even trying it what is going to work for you and what isn't right so you know if if that works then that's great but if you find that nothing in particular works for you And there's still kind of something left to be desired then I would say like don't be afraid to kind of create your own system and and mix the different systems together and find kind of a balance that works really well for you and then also as a last point when you come across these different methods and you find one that you think is just too extreme I think it's worth it like if especially if you don't need to buy a whole lot in order to try it out to at least like like take kind of the gist of that particular method and see if there aren't some elements of it that you can incorporate because even if something is like not very intuitive to you you might find that just like taking a little touch of it and adding it to what you already do is something that you might be really receptive to again like I was really rigid when it came to Mari at first, and I literally spent years being like, oh my god, why do people do this? And I just don't understand this. And I guess that's like my own flawed closed-mindedness. But yeah, like if, if there's a particular aspect of something that is a little bit of a leap for you, like in particular the personal uniform, it might seem like really scary to like buy multiples of one outfit and to wear something multiple times per week but if it's something that you feel you would be at all receptive to at least take the time to understand its appeal and you know see if that's not something that you can incorporate in some capacity so i hope this ga- gave you guys like something to think about regardless of which stage of this you are at and especially if you settled on a different combination of really common tactics I would love to hear about it if you want to reach out and tell me kind of the in-between that you've settled on and why it works so well for you um, I would be really interested to hear what you guys have landed on and I will also leave contact info in the comments of this episode so that's it for today and we will see you guys in the next episode